Let's, Let's just fucking roll. Fucking, fucking Elon put the fucking dog on the bird app again. Well, I guess for the first time. <laughs> what? Now we're all supposed to he look at the dog again. I don't, I don't get when people are like, Elon Musk just did this thing to Twitter. I haven't updated my app since before COVID. <laughs> I, I have the same, like I never got, I never got the, the stories, fleets. I never got fucking. Uh, now, fleets was kind of fun. I, I never, I don't have like the, the triangle shaped NFT avatars. I don't have any of that shit. That's <laughs> awesome. Never update. If you never update your app, you'll never have any of that mm-hmm. stupid shit. You're still operating on 2013 Twitter. That's right. <laughs> I, I totally forgot about fleets until you mentioned them right now, Todd. So it's funny that like I had them and then they went away and it like left my head completely. There's yeah, basically mean, like, one good day of fleets. It was like the, the day they got rid of them. A bunch of people like posted nudes in their fleets because they were going to get deleted anyway. So that was a fun time. Otherwise, it was pretty pointless. I thought fleets was a better idea than whatever the fuck is they're doing now. Um, The the fun thing about never updating your Twitter app is that it's always 2019 on Twitter. Um, So (laughs) you can say say stuff you can't say today. You know, I can't can't even say it on this podcast what? what it is. Right. You can't say it. Yeah. <laughs> I see there's a guy just off camera. He's gonna he's gonna beat you up if you say I am it. I'm being held at gunpoint right now by the woke mob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> following you 2013 ass accounts like so sad today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot about so sad today. Who who didn't forget about so lost, sad? Like, today? Lost in time like tears in the rain. <laughs> Do they still exist, I wonder? Oh yeah, you can still go to their page. Um I don't know if they still mm-hmm. post or anything. Uh they got a check mm-hmm. mark. Um, interesting. Yeah. You guys remember Coffee Dad? That's a, that was a fun, like, really early account. That was like maybe I, before 2013. Maybe we were in just different circles of Twitter. I was still using <laughs> AOL Instant Messenger at that time. You could catch yeah, me on yeah. the MSN <laughs> message boards. <laughs> you guys know Dubstep for dads? What if there was Dubstep make that? but for dads? Such a funny, cool account. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, yeah. Oh, that was an actual account. Is that an account? Yeah, no, that was dads. one of those like scraping the bottom of the barrel, like, like they steal a post from Fuck Jerry, and then Fuck Fuck Jerry steals a post from them on down the rabbit hole until they're just furiously jerking each other off in a fucking public restroom at at some point and posting about it. Oh, so it was just a name. It wasn't like a themed account because I was thinking like, I will turn this car around. (laughs) No, cut it out. No idea. Shockingly, Coffee Dad is still going. The whole bit is just that most of the tweets, he says, need coffee, getting a coffee. He uses hashtags (laughs) all wrong. And then every so often he says something really sad. I, it's it's just one joke, but the first time I saw it, it made me laugh. I mean, my God, that's it, better than Jerry Seinfeld, who had no jokes until he discovered that you could get <laughs> coffee. And In now he has one joke. Yeah. With comedians. Yeah. Can you like, imagine what? that? Can you imagine if you were in a car with a comedian and you got coffee? I would lose mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. fucking mind. Could you imagine? Wait, Todd, what, imagine I have what, an if, idea what if they riffed lightheartedly? <laughs> I would... My you'd have to wash my pants. It's called eating increasingly <laughs> hot hot wings with a celebrity guest, and I, that's mm. the snappy ass title that I just came up for. How about play, how about it's off. hot ones, but it's Russian roulette instead of wings <laughs> with bullets? Mm. Like there's five bullets, <laughs> and only one of the chambers doesn't have a bullet in it. Mm. <laughs> so it's just a question and of then, like how many questions you're going to get through, and you have to do it twice. <laughs> yeah. Everybody dies. I'd, I'd be a fan of that. Assuming it was like only politicians doing it and like some celebrities. Some celebrities are okay and I don't want them to go on. What would you call it? Gun ones? Gun ones. I like <laughs> that one. What if celebrity deathmatch was real and <laughs> way more sadistic? <laughs> I got this new idea for a game show. It's called uh, Getting Droned. It's, it's, you, just, you just die in a drone attack. Well, that's like... um. Hold on, I just took a huge bite of this cheeseburger because <laughs> I'm famous. Uh, nice. What are you, American? You need your <laughs> you can't get through content. one podcast episode without a burger. I'm addicted. Oh, okay, hang on. I gotta, I gotta eat this apple pie right here. I got. <laughs> it's a condition. I gotta, dr- I have to drink my Bud Light. I have to eat mm-hmm. this rectangle of Velveeta cheese before I can continue. <laughs> um, no, I was watching like, you know, I watch a lot of travel YouTubers and stuff because it's an interesting way to learn about the world, except a lot of them fucking mm-hmm. suck. And I noticed that there's like a sure. big trend where they're like, I went to South Sudan during the war. 
I went to Afghanistan <laughs> during the war. And oh, like, did you hear Miles, Lord Miles, yeah. whatever his name is, is being held captive by the Taliban? I mean, the Taliban really? can't, just can't stop winning. <laughs> They I mean, keep, they're just, they're so based. They keep racking up dubs. I don't know yeah. what else to say. <laughs> Fucking behead that like asshole war tourist. That guy's a douche. Yeah. It's weird. Cause there's no dubs. There's no W's in Taliban, mm. uh, but there is one mm. L and they won't take it. That's uh, right. That's, that's, <laughs> that's right. There's no I in team, but there is a ban in <laughs> Taliban. <laughs> uh. Didn't they ban music? Oh man, I've never like, heard of this Lord Miles motherfucker. I hate this. Just look at his face. It's so annoying. Yeah, he, he's like a war tourist who goes to... He, he just he gets in predicaments. He'll, he'll be like, oh, there's a war mm-hmm. going on in this region. I'm going to go there and just kind of figure stuff out. And then he live blogs it. What a fucking moron. I mean, one, you know, don't do that. Maybe only go to a war zone if you're like an ideologically motivated combatant that seems like who should probably be there or if you're working for usaid you know yeah that's the same (laughs) (laughs) tomato tomato (laughs) um which is a weird thing to say because i've never heard anybody say hand me a tomato um Mm -hmm. i don't even think nobody says that that really tomato is not real british people still say tomato Like, I, that's not even a real vegetable, okay? Right. <laughs> it's like tomaco. <laughs> tomaco? Okay, come on. Right. <laughs> just kidding. That's more real than a, than a tomato. Yeah. yeah, so this guy, um, I'm, I'm, I found a Vice article about him, and it says that he fleed the Taliban. Fled. But mm. fl- well, it says flee. Okay, thank you. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Vice said he fleed the Taliban? He fleed the Taliban. <laughs> he fleed Those his fan. fucking morons. <laughs> God, well, it Vice says flees, so and then much. I just... I, I'm trying to read information and update what oh, uh, while okay. I relay the headline to you, and I was just like smashing my words mm-hmm. together. But um, yeah, yeah okay. We'll so it advice. looks okay. it it looks like at one point he was being chased by the Taliban. He managed to get away from them. Mm-hmm. He published a memoir on a white nationalist like press imprint, like printing house, and then got oh, captured no. by the Taliban. Again? So yeah, like well, he didn't get captured the first multiple time. Multiple like, times he escaped. Oh, he, he ran. He, he, so he evaded he capture once, mm-hmm. and then this time now he's caught. Got him. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're saying this guy almost got captured by the Taliban, had a chance to realize what he was doing was stupid, that he'd gotten, he'd escaped the Taliban once. He'd probably leave where they are and go back to Britain where he lives, and there's no one in the Taliban. And he was like, "No, I'm built different." He's going to come out wearing a kefia and like he's going to have like a new like Muslim name and he's going to join the Muslim Brotherhood or something. I mean, that's honestly the (laughs) best case scenario for this guy. Um, My my instinct Uh is that at some point he's going to say something incredibly racist and they're going to know just enough English to shoot him. His head will be fully (laughs) decapitated from his body. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I could see that. So, yeah, it looks like he's super active on 4chan. YouTube, Twitter. Um, he's also famous for tweeting that he felt uh, less safe in Brooklyn than he did in Afghanistan, which is the most hilarious thing you well, can post before the, getting captured by the <laughs> <laughs> What he failed to mention is that he was wearing the sandwich board that, uh, that uh, from what is it, Lethal Weapon or Die Hard? Die Hard. It's Die Hard 2, maybe? Yeah, yeah. He was wearing the sandwich board. What was the conceit for that? That like he had to wear that or somebody would die? It was like a a bomb threat or something. And they were like, Bruce Willis has to wear a sandwich board in the hood. (laughs) It's like that. Yeah. It's like that tweet where it's like, <laughs> I, I, I could never in my life, you know, uh, accept people who say the N word. And then there's somebody in the replies, uh, replies like, I said it once. It was to save a life, but I still think about my decision every day. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. That uh, is the funniest you guys tweet remember of all what, time. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, there was a thing recently where people were asking, like, I think it was Chat GPT. They were like, "Is it acceptable to say a racial slur to stop a nuclear bomb from going off?" And the chat was like, "No, it is never acceptable to say a racial slur." And I think Ben Shapiro or someone was like, "This is what wokeness does to us and causes <laughs> nuclear bombs to go off or something." Yeah, I wanted. I I I put my key in the two key system, but my friend, mm-hmm. whose name is Beep Beep, who just had to <laughs> say his own name, wouldn't do it and authenticate the anti nuclear <laughs> system. I mean, it's like so insane. It's like, oh yeah, well, uh, 
what if what if uh, what if me being rude to you every day was actually how the president stayed in charge? It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, that's, that's the that's the beauty beauty of that mindset. Uh, because like, yeah, if these people were super villains, they would be doing schemes where it's like, yeah, I'm going to nuke the entire continental United States unless you say the hard R one time. <laughs> 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 do, do you expect do you expect me to talk no mr bond i expect you to get canceled yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah like an evil supervillain dangling uh dangling his nemesis by like his ankle and he's like now that i have you in my clutches list 20 derogatory names for italians like <laughs> george carlin for <laughs> bit <laughs> yeah. yeah do eddie, he's eddie like, murphy raw <laughs> Yeah, this guy's like, oh, I have the entire Wikipedia racial slurs for Italians tattooed on me memento style. Check it out. And he pulls up his shirt and starts reading them off from his own well, belly button. Speak, speaking of having an extensive list of slurs that are always ready, did you guys see that tweet about high school in 2002? <laughs> Everybody, I did. Uh, so people, people keep doing this. Like, I see that kind of shit on TikTok sometimes where it's like high school in the 90s. It's got a pop song um, from like 2018 over it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay. It's, uh, I don't understand why, why that, that video went like, it's, that's one of those videos that goes around like those podcast clips where only fans girls are like, they, they can't, they're, they're they're like, well, what, what do you think of this topic? And then they clip the only fans girl, just not being able to string a Mm -hmm. sentence together. And then that video goes viral for a week. This is another one of those. Or it's just like I, at least I, those there's like a hot girl in them. This is just like it's the most normal looking, unassuming. It's like it looks like 2002. It was not that different. It was 20 I, I, years ago. I well, and also like it's content conclusion. goes viral. I it's really 2002, it's and the reason is like that there's no audio in the video is because it's literally just a bunch of white kids saying the most heinous shit they heard on Chappelle Show and <laughs> South Park. Uh, <laughs> mixed, in, mixed in with a bunch of like existential dread from living in the immediate shadow of 9-11 well the <laughs> like, beauty of 2002 though the beauty of 2002 is because like nowadays um you know people dress like zoomers dress like crazy like zoomer fits are like wild but in this video you see a type of guy that doesn't really exist anymore but he was wearing like a nice polo shirt and like a baggy light wash jeans and he could quote Limp Bizkit's entire discography from from memory that type of guy just doesn't <laughs> exist anymore oh they exist if you want to meet one all you have to do is uh get your cable fixed and they will show up <laughs> i know some of those guys like yeah i i, I work i fill up vending machines i work with at least two new metal bros hell yes one in the warehouse and one as a driver <laughs> and you know what they're some of the nicest guys on the job site and i can bond with them yeah, over awesome. system of a down and rage against the machine and when they start playing the corn i make my escape <laughs> so these people were apparently <laughs> high school seniors graduating in 2001 Right. But th- okay. This just looks like I don't this doesn't look particularly different from when we were in high school, I think. No, I mean it's only a few it's years about the separated. same. Yeah. I graduated in 09. Francis Fukuyama proved right once again. History is is, is over, baby. <laughs> yeah. We're in, we're yeah. living in the monoculture. They've spent 15 years wearing Abercrombie and Fitch polos, so <laughs> society is ended. And it's also so funny because like going to school during that time, like all of the kids were like, you know, things were so much better in the eighties. Like I really prefer eighties music or seventies music. And then also it's just <laughs> yeah. like, it, it's a, it's a little bit weird because it's like the culture during that time was so fucking stagnant. I remember thinking mm-hmm. like every song on the radio sounds exactly the same pretty much as soon as 9-11 happened. Like after that, mm-hmm. like pop culture just became a completely smooth space. And that's why we're at the mm-hmm. point now where like every new pop song is literally just like an, a dubstep meets techno banger with a heavily saturated vocal track. Well, the, the thing with mm-hmm. uh, people who say music was better in the 70s and 80s, music wasn't necessarily better. It's definitely enjoyable. I love seventies and eighties music, but what people really mean when they're saying music was better in the seventies and eighties is what they're actually saying is music was better when all of the artists and everybody producing the music was doing shitloads of cocaine 24 seven. 
Yes. They're, they're not doing <laughs> as much. They're d- still doing coke. You know, I listen to The <laughs> sure. Weeknd. Sure, I'm, sure. I'm hip. Yeah. But they're not doing as much mm-hmm. cocaine as they were in the 70s mm-hmm. and 80s. Also, people are cherry picking like the 10 best artists from mm-hmm. an era and then forgetting the like 90% of Drek that There's was on the radio and music, no one cares yeah. about. That's now. true. Yeah, like, so much you- bad music and then it gets washed away. Do you ever walk into a record shop and you walk over to like a genre that was popular during a certain era, like jazz fusion or disco Mm -hmm. or something that has a very definitive timeline? And you're just like, I don't recognize any of these fucking names. Because if you yeah. if you had the Weather Report album, if you had the really rare ABBA record or whatever, it wouldn't be in the record shop. Mm-hmm. It's in your collection. And that's why when you go down to the record shop, you end up picking up a, a vinyl record of like Uncle Fucky's chocolate you know, mariachi band. <laughs> and it's like a, it's, it's like prog disco and it's only 35 <laughs> minutes long and it makes no sense and it sounds awful. It's like, yeah, that, that ended up at that record store for a reason. Maybe. Yeah, nobody bought it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, as long as we're just doing Twitter news, because I love doing Twitter news. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys see George Santos say, let's go Mets? I've not seen George Santos do no. anything. <laughs> my eyes and, and my brain are incapable of perceiving George Santos. I still don't know who he is. Well, I don't think he does either because mm-hmm. he's uh, he's that guy who like pathologically lied about every achievement he's ever had, which is like so funny that everyone's like, I can't believe he became a politician. I'm like, that's exactly who becomes a politician, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little more so, naked. This I clicked onto this video. I'm not going to listen to it because I don't want to hear his voice, but I see he's wearing a Mets shirt. So what did he come out as a Mets fan? I mean, that's devastating. Yeah. Mets fans have been... Uh, have been taking the piss out of George Santos because apparently there's a very well established way to chant. Let's go Mm -hmm. Mets. And Mm, uh, you know, I don't know what it is. I'm not a Mets fan. I'm from Michigan and I don't give a fuck about baseball, but he, the way he says it immediately lets you know that he's trying to like cop to a fandom that he knows fucking nothing about. Oh, wait, 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 wait. So, so he, (laughs) he chanted, let's go Mets wrong. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry, but I'm going to go Norm Macdonald on this one. And like the people who are uh, mad at him and this guy think everybody involved should die. Look, it's baseball. <laughs> uh, they're all pieces of shit and they all deserve each other. Um, except the actual players, I guess. Uh, I like, I mean, I, I like the Mets. Uh, I, like they're an underdog, but it's like underdog stories. The, the, the whole point of an underdog story is that they eventually win. The Mets are like just a, a dog. They're not, they're, they're just bad. <laughs> and that's why I like watching them because I like, en- en- I enjoy seeing Mets fans upset. So you don't, you like an underdog story, but you're not interested in a regular dog story such as Air Bud. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. They gotta be, they gotta be under something. If they're just a dog off in the corner, not, not, not being even beaten by anyone, just failing. It's, it's not very <laughs> enticing. No, I imagine not. Well, uh, speaking of, uh, I don't have a transition for this. Donald Trump got uh, arrested or turned himself in or whatever. You guys mm-hmm. hearing about this? He got indicted, I believe. Everyone's indicted. favorite. An and indictment. There, there, there's something like 32 charges of like fraud and conspiracy and a bunch of other shit against him. And I wouldn't even think this would be like real news. Like I wouldn't even care that much because I, I think it'd be a big nothing burger in the parlance of our day. But um, mm-hmm. it, it seems like uh, based on his legal record, he's going to lose. And my question is just like, are they really going to uh-huh. put, are they going to put a president in jail? Wait, Trump or the prosecutor? Oh, Trump. He's never, he's like, he's won like something like 5% of his court cases ever. Well, the, the weird thing is the prosecutor, really. they were like, we're charging him based on like, but they didn't say what crime he committed. Like they're like these crimes, uh, the crime of like concealing this mm-hmm. other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this all just seems like theater to me. I don't, I, I Donald Trump will never see the inside well, of a jail cell. I, I don't th- like, it's just going to be more prime time. I think the, the tactic here is they just want to tie him up, uh, in a court case so he can campaign less. Yeah. Well, I think I watched, um, a breakdown by this. Uh, I watched a breakdown on this by Bruce Rivers, the cr- 
he's the criminal lawyer. If you've ever seen his YouTube channel, he has a rap song about being a criminal lawyer. Uh, and um, <laughs> like a lawyer who is a criminal or a lawyer for criminal is a criminal defense lawyer. Okay. Yeah. The coolest kind of lawyer that you can yeah. possibly be. <laughs> um, One of the only cool ones that there is. Yeah. Yeah. Really. It's slim pickings and they're tired. They're, they're head of the pack, but um, he broke mm-hmm. it down and apparently it's like, it's all, it's the payments to stormy Daniels. It's like the crux of this case. So apparently he didn't want to directly pay stormy Daniels. So he had a friend, uh, who had previously worked for him, pay her the amount that he had agreed upon. And then he paid his holding company, or maybe it was a hedge fund or something that he actually made the payment out of in three other payments. And that's all, none of that is alleged. Like they, they have proof for all of that. I don't really understand what the crux of the case is now, but it does also seem like regardless of you know, letter of the law, how valid this whole thing is, which it does seem like, you know, the state has a leg to stand on here. It seems like they kind of can't resist themselves from turning this into spectacle, mm-hmm. but oh, they, not at all. They fingerprinted him, but they didn't take a mugshot, which to me is the craziest decision <laughs> they could have possibly made. And, and I thought, you know, not doing the mugshot is saying we don't want this to be a spectacle. But I think since we were mm-hmm. all expecting the mugshot, it's actually a double secret way of making it more mm-hmm. of a spectacle. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, because because they know now people are going to make they're going to make AI art mugshots yes. of Trump that will be oh, crazier God. than the real thing could ever be. Well, Trump yeah, John, shared. Think, uh, Trump shared a photoshopped image of him getting arrested. And one of the funniest things is that the height bars are behind his head and it, they grossly uh-huh. exaggerate how tall he is. <laughs> really? Tall, he's already wait, tall. He like, like six, three or something. He's a big guy. He doesn't need to lie about his height. <laughs> so what, was he like, like seven uh, or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Can you imagine Baron Trump trying to get uh, you know, mugshot? He'd be like off the chart. Guys like eight yeah, feet tall. Huge. That, yeah, that kid crazy. needs to ball. That kid is going to be in the end. Like, there's a few things I know for sure in this life. Happen, yeah. At some point, I'm going to die. Baron Trump will play in the NBA before <laughs> that point, And the whole time, I'm going to have to pay taxes. That's all I know in this life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, going back to the case a little bit, John, I think I could be wrong, but I thought that like the stuff like paying Stormy Daniels and even doing it like through his like companies or whatever wasn't illegal but then it was like a campaign reporting thing where that expense was like written in some kind of accounting as like a campaign finance expense mm-hmm. so one of the charges i thought was like for improper like basically that he's lying about what he was spending the money on because it's like not illegal to pay someone to not talk about something apparently which is like it feels there's already like shady stuff he's doing that's not illegal and then he had to make it more illegal yeah, the well, problem is that uh, apparently it's outside of the statute of limitations or mm, some of the stuff that he did was outside of the statute of limitations. So there's a chance that they're able to just dismiss it based on that, which is why mm-hmm. I think that this is just like this is media ratings fodder. It's spectacle mm-hmm. so that CNN and MSNBC and all the the other ones can get more uh like mileage out of Trump. Like it's, it's entirely a, a Mm -hmm. money making propaganda operation. So you think this is like Ernest goes to summer camp, but it's like Trump goes to prison (laughs) or like Uh Trump goes, Trump goes to the court system. Well, he was back at Mar-a-Lago like the night of his arraignment. He just flew right back to Florida. Yeah. Well, he's not a flight risk. Like that's the funniest thing about all this is people are like, do you think his bail will be a trillion dollars? It's like, he's not, (laughs) he has a secret service detail. They know where he is all the time. Uh There's no conditions of release for a former president. They how would you enforce them? It's impossible. (laughs) Yeah. I would be very surprised if he ends up going to jail. I don't know. I guess I, I could imagine like house arrest, but then if he's trying to campaign, I feel like the most likely thing is that he's like, given some kind of like fine or community service or mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like if it, if it goes to a jury trial, like maybe he just, maybe people decide to put him in jail for a couple months or something. I just, I think that his, him and his organization have enough, uh, resources and lawyers that they can basically just, uh, drag this out indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Well, they've already tried multiple stalling tactics. I mean, the fact that it took until this week for the uh, arraignment to even happen is is a big part of that. And like, even if a jury trial happens, all the jury can do is find him guilty. Like, it's still going to be up to the judge what the sentence is. 
And mm, so, true. you know, how many, how many judges in New York City are probably friendly with Donald Trump? I have to imagine quite a few. <laughs> no, I yeah. think that the judge in this particular case was actually a Biden donor. So oh. there's a good chance that they try to get him, but uh, I, 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 I don't. I saw, a, I saw a post about that, and I think it's Trump's own lawyer was a Biden donor. Um, oh, really? <laughs> or maybe he he donated to a, a one of the one of the politicians who actually got the ball rolling on this whole indictment process in the first place or something crazy like that. I mean, it just goes to show that like, you know, unless you're cool, like a criminal defense lawyer, you literally do just chase money around. You have no other ideology. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know what? We, we, we can't hold it against the lawyers for getting that bag. Well, a lot of them are business owners, but like, I guess if you just work for yourself, I don't have a problem with you. Um, and then we did also hear from Joe Manchin, uh, uh, on CNN about the entire Trump indictment who gave us the most, I think this is the best revelation about the whole case. He said, quote, no one is mm -hmm. above the law, but nobody should be targeted by the law. And <laughs> which is like, to just me, that's apply like the, the law in like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just apply the law in a general non-specific way. Like just don't, don't get too specific on someone. Don't be too vague. Don't have them. Don't be above the law, below the law, next to the law. Just like a general wash of law everywhere. Joe look, Manchin is such a fucking pussy fence sitter. Just pick a side, dude. <laughs> look, Just be law, a Republican. Like, why do you have to be a Democrat? The law is basically sense. a cheeseburger, and you can't have one patty, way too few. But if you have three patties, you're not tasting the vegetables, okay? <laughs> the law is like a burger with two patties. A perfect burger. <laughs> Uh, and then as long as we're talking about um, the people that should be in fucking prison, people that should be in prison and people that get away with like way too much stuff. So um, there's been something going around on Twitter. Uh, Joanne Segovia, the uh, executive director of the San Jose police union, who is currently on paid leave uh, has been charged. That's not a, that photo is not a real person. I'm sorry. That is Trump <laughs> run through the gender swapping face app filter. That is Trump appearing in a kids in the hall sketch where they're all dressed up as women. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's Joanne Segovia. And uh, when she was charged with you by the USAO NDCA, the U.S. Attorney's Office uh, for the Northern District of California with smuggling opioids disguised as wedding party favors, makeup, chocolate and sweets. She was then placed on administrative leave. By Damn, that wedding was union. about to be so fucking lit, dude. <laughs> I know, everybody <laughs> on Fent just like, <laughs> completely falling out of their fucking chair. <laughs> you imagine if they brought a limbo stick out to the dance floor? Yeah, well, leaned all the way back. New record. I mean, this lady felt so comfortable in her fucking position that even after she had been interviewed by the feds during the course of an investigation into this, she continued to order controlled substances for distribution because guess what wow. controlled substances are very very lucrative um do you think this was a situation where like maybe the um like the cartel had dirt on her or something and was blackmailing her into this or do you think she just wanted the money i mean i'm gonna be real with you Probably i think the money. police union is just a cartel of mm -hmm. their own and mm -hmm. they probably you know this is the thing with the police spice forces must flow yeah police unions mm -hmm. whatever they they're on the streets interacting, you know, with drug dealers and drug users every day. And they're not very smart, but they are not dumb enough to miss the fact that this is a major economy. And that since they have guns mm -hmm. and institutional power, which is one more critical thing than most of the drug dealers on the street have, uh, they <laughs> yeah. could actually take over this game quite easily. And in, you know, in most major cities, it's pretty much a, a fact that they have. I think in New York and in most of the major cities in California, it's well established. It's well known that the Houston and Dallas police departments are involved in quite a bit of drug running and, and other uh, illicit trades. And in, in Atlanta, I mean, it goes all the way back to the 80s. Atlanta was ground zero for the distribution of, of crack cocaine by the, the intelligence services. And yes, they did contract uh, out some street drug dealers, but you gotta, you gotta wonder if they would really overlook the fact that they already have entire police forces at the ready. I'm sure that yeah. they use them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, multiple days have gone by. Um, Miss Segovia has no comment at this time. No comment from San Jose Police Union. Uh, no comment from from anybody involved. And then 
Oh yeah, she she wasn't charged until this week, even though Customs had intercepted multiple shipments of controlled substances to her home address going <laughs> back years, and she actually reused some of the FedEx packing slips from the San Jose Police Union to reship controlled substances. That's just sloppy. Through That's the United States Postal Service. Get a new slip, at least. Like, I, I respect, I respect crime. Right. I don't sure. know about you guys. I respect crime, but if you're yeah, sloppy cool. there, I, 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 I have like negative respect for you. I disrespect you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, and then, okay. So here's the thing. She didn't just feel comfortable in her position. The, the rest of the like federal and state institutions felt comfortable with her in her position too, because they found her name and number in a drug smuggler's phone. And then when they asked her about it, she said, I would never do something like that. And then they let her leave the country. For a vacation to Mexico, <laughs> where she went to a beach beachfront condo in Ixtapa, and then she called the feds to after her vacation to Mexico to tell them she realized it was probably her housekeeper pretending to be her <laughs> and engaging mm. in a years long drug smuggling operation. Classic. And then, uh, <laughs> unfortunately for her, the feds did get their hands on a letter she signed and sent to customs, letting them know she wasn't asking for her illegal drugs back after they wrote to her that a big box of tramadol pills had been seized. And then that was when they found that tramadol is used- not even a fun drug. It's like an SSRI mixed with like a light opiate. That's like the worst recreational opiate. Yeah, but these are like cops and like white ladies in institutional positions Mm -hmm. of power. They're not trying to have fun on these drugs. They're trying to maximize their nootropic stack. So they're They're here for a long time, not a good time. Well, they're really here for they're here for an effective time, which which is Mm -hmm. pretty short and miserable. But that's a sacrifice they're willing to make. (laughs) God, imagine all these just fucking like uh, seventy year old like uh, suburban middle class white. cop wives just absolutely barred out doing like community fundraisers and stuff like that. <laughs> God. Uh, Ugh, disgusting. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe John, you were saying that there's like stuff where she was like talking to the feds directly and being like, I think actually it was my housekeeper doing this or like <laughs> I would never do like, how do you, how, how do you work for the police and you're too dumb to know that you don't tell police or investigators anything you have a lawyer and your lawyer communicates with them and you don't say anything. Well, I mean, you are you work for the cops and you don't know that? That's fucking insane. I mean, you work for the cops, so you probably feel pretty fucking insulated. And it seems like this mm, lady was really true. playing it fast and loose and trying to keep up the image that she was like not only a competent administrator of the police union, but also like a competent drug dealer. And if you've ever seen a middle-aged white woman get in over her head, you know that they only have one panic response, which is to double and triple down incessantly until it tears mm-hmm. their life into shambles. I have a few aunts who have gone through this process several times just in the last few years. Although they weren't, you know, distributing fentanyl, they're like, you know, trying to get involved in like the Avon ladder or like sell uh, local crafts at festivals or something. <laughs> mhm. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. She felt above the law. I guess it's like if you work with police, then you assume that like any police or feds you, you inter- like interface with will like treat you like a fellow cop and let you get away with things. Right. Well, and mm-hmm. then she, so she received approximately 61 packages over the course of these years. Five of the seized packages included Zolpidem, Tramadol, Tepentadol, Tepentadol again, and Tramadol again. But what she mm. primarily got busted for was the very large number of these that uh, contained fentanyl, which they were able to sure. prove because they found receipts of her switching her fentanyl supplier after she had been interviewed by the feds, which is so funny that you think like, the feds are on to me, but it must be my supplier's fault. <laughs> it can't be me. I'm not the, I'm not the constant in this equation. <laughs> I'm operating so secretly, they would never be able to figure this out. I mean, it's so funny because it's like, you know, if you're the CIA or if you're the U.S. government or the DOD or whatever, you don't have to hide it. You just do it and then you admit it 25 years later. And if you Mm -hmm. are street level drug dealers, you either hide it, uh, you know, through a mixture of clandestine operations and potential violence Mm -hmm. uh, or you operate in a gray market zone like all the guys with the, you know, 1P LSD and all the other weird derivatives um, Mm -hmm. that they're pumping out in like Northwestern Europe. What you don't do is set your 
yourself up in a position where you mean enough to the state that you can get into a lot of trouble while avoiding suspicion, but you're not integral enough to their operations that when it's obvious you've been dealing drugs, they can't just put (laughs) your ass in jail. You're not Henry Kissinger. Yeah, there's there's levels of above the law and like working for the police union is like a half a level. It's like you're you're yeah. above it slightly, but there's only so far. Fentanyl, you got to be in the CIA to sell that mm-hmm. and not get in yeah. trouble. Well, that's probably why they busted her cuz it was edging in on the uh the Fed boys yeah. True, hard, yeah. hard drug operations. Well, and she probably had worn out her welcome with other favors from the police too. Like, can you imagine yeah. how many fucking drunk driving tickets she's probably had expunged? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not not that sure. I would ever yeah, be the yeah. head of a police union, but if I was, I would never pay a ticket. I would never be. I would never drive. So <laughs> why would you? <laughs> why, yeah. why would you do anything? It'd be a waste. Yeah, exactly. It'd be a waste. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, as long as we're talking about what we would do, let's, uh, let's talk about what, um, the president of Mexico has said that he's going to do. So, um, uh, AMLO has given a speech pretty recently. I actually saw this cause Seth Harp shared it around. Um, and in the speech, AMLO outlined that they were going to continue the expropriation of all of the energy companies in Mexico's energy sector, particularly oil, and that Mexico was going to stand resolute in not being told what to do or bossed Mm -hmm. around by the United States, and that they want to cooperate with us, not be, um, what did he say, subservient to us. And Hmm. It was really badass. And then Seth Harp shared the article. Seth Harp is the Fort Bragg and Ukraine guy. And he said, as soon as AMLO gave this speech, the odds of a U.S. coup in Mexico in 2024 topped 50%. Yeah. (laughs) Well, but that's the thing, though, because this you have to like, that is a funny thing to say. And like in historically, that would be the case. Like the U.S. would Mm -hmm. definitely do a coup there. But you have to take this. Uh like holistic look at everything that's going on because China, uh, Russia, uh, Brazil, like BRICS is basically uh, now openly flouting like uh, the U S dollar as a reserve currency. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody all like even countries that are like allied with us are now like looking at trading uh, gas and oil in uh, non-U.S. dollars, like the the petrodollar, like mm. the Biden administration has fucked up their diplomacy so hard that the petro they've they've ended the petrodollar basically, which is <laughs> it's like if like uh, there have been a lot of bad presidents and bad administrations and mm-hmm. bad legislatures mm-hmm. over the you know history of the United States, none of them has ever fucked up this bad. No. Yeah, not at all. I mean, no. um I'm I'm trying to find out. I think Mexico did join BRICS or was announced that they're going to join BRICS and that's kind of like the impetus BRIMCS. for BRIMCS. Yeah. Well, there's a, <laughs> there's like a ton of countries that are trying to enter because it's originally Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. Mexico has been granted admission. I think they're on a timeline to join. And then you have Bangladesh, Egypt, and the Emirates and Uruguay are all members of the New Development Bank, which is like the the BRICS like IMF competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, uh, Algeria has applied to join, and Russia mm-hmm. has sponsored their membership into BRICS as well. So you're seeing a lot of like former colonial, like post colonial states getting really involved in this situation. I mean, India and China, really obvious, but also like you know, colonial history in Mexico is nothing to fucking sneeze at either. And, and it's good that they added a vowel, Algeria, because now it can be Brick Sam, right? Brick Sam, yeah. <laughs> Bricks, because yeah. before you'd have to add the vowel and call it and Mexico, but now you can call Algeria Mexico. Right. right? And then when they eventually add Argentina, Bahrain, Iran, Nigeria, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Sudan, Syria, and Turkey, it can be Bricksama Bip. Binip, <laughs> and then Venezuela uh, will eventually. It join. can just be they can they just called the good guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna uh, look real qwerty ue up pretty soon. Yeah. John, that sounds like it would be like a '90s song that inexplicably was a number one hit, and it's uh, goes on your playlist of songs that sound like that, and the chorus is just like. Yeah. Bricks, It's like a, a, a <laughs> reggae crossover song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, 
<laughs> or like that yellow man song, Zunga Zung, Zunga Zunga Zane. <laughs> oh yeah. It would have that kind of energy. People would be like, I don't know what he's saying, but it sure is funky. Yeah. It must be a Jamaican hard. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So yeah, BRICS is fucking expanding. I mean, like the counter to US hegemony is really, really crazy. But like, I don't know. I'm, I am still concerned about the US meddling in Mexico, even if we don't feel empowered to do an outright coup like we've been doing in West Africa and like across South America pretty recently, like Peru. But I, I, I get the impression that with the Biden administration in particular, we could be facing something much more like the 1975 Australian constitutional crisis also referred to as the dismissal where we basically go in and we kind of like persistently assert that there's some kind of like crisis happening in the legislature um, until we force them into a position where like AMLO has to resign or whatever. But it would be pretty tricky considering that I think he is in the top five most popular world leaders, like his approval ratings consistently top like two thirds, which is insanely high for the leader wow. of a country. What you'll probably see is like the cartels are, are definitely like a problem right now. So I think what you'll see in the lead up to the 24, ele- 24 presidential election in America is um, the, the GOP candidate or the various GOP candidates in their primary are going to make uh, Mexican cartels a big problem. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they're basically most likely going to take a hardline stance on Mexico and diplomacy with Mexico based on uh, their perception of the cartel situation. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, the U.S. is like famous for uh, creating a problem in another country. And then when that problem starts showing up in our country, being like, this is that country's fault. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's kind of like our one move. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's it's the it's the feds, the US feds that uh basically like they they played a large role in the consolidation of um power of the cartels mm-hmm. over the past few years. Mhm. Yeah, well, I mean, I think dating all the way back to the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was around the same time that the CIA was doing stuff domestically here in the United States. We were like there was a whole chain of like getting the cocaine up from South America. And we got involved in the governments of like countries from Argentina all the way up through Canada, just to make sure that we maintained our, our hold on the cocaine trade. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean the U S really only knows how to do one thing. It is the geopolitics equivalent of that uh, friend you have that when you load up melee, he always selects donkey Kong and stands in the corner of the stage ground pounding with the, with the hand slam attack <laughs> yeah. just over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I beat the whole story mode just ground pounding everything. They can't stop it. And it's like, yeah, it works on computers pretty well. Yeah. Works on break the targets. Not at all. Um, <laughs> well, maybe I should have put this up earlier when we were talking about cops distributing uh, uh, illicit substances. But there's another article we have here about cops and their relationship to drugs where Illinois Senate has the Illinois Senate has passed a bill that blocks cops from searching cars based on a marijuana smell, which is like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is one of those things like alongside letting people who are in jail for cannabis or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, expunging old, uh, you know, cannabis crimes from the record or stopping, uh, cannabis related drug testing for jobs in the state that you'd think would be like part and parcel of cannabis part of like the, the main weed omnibus, you know, right. that passes yeah. as part of legalization, mm-hmm. ideally. Right. No, but we have this great federalist system instead where it's like actually every single person who is the bourgeois neoliberal capitalist equivalent of a landowning man uh, has to come together and, and put their little pet thing into the bill. So it's like when you have a state like Illinois that passes marijuana decriminalization, it's like we have to make sure that the contracts go to these hedge funds that are based in Chicago. And we have to make sure that all of the big local families get their say in it. We have to make yeah. sure that the police don't feel like we're infringing on their ability to enforce the law by changing the law that they're meant to enforce, uh, which is an insane mm-hmm. bit of logic. But yeah, so now <laughs> if, you're, if your car stinks to high heaven, Theoretically, they can't search your vehicle on those grounds anymore. It's about damn time. It's about damn mm-hmm. time. I mean, that's always been that's always I'm been to... used as like uh, even you know like uh, 
even if you get pulled over for like a broken taillight or something like something yep. that ostensibly doesn't deserve a search, uh, you know, the cop, if he wants to fucking ruin your day and then possibly ruin your life, you're just like, I smell weed. I declare mm-hmm. marijuana. Well, that yeah, that's like one of the big <laughs> things that Barry Cooper spent his life like railing against. You guys know about Barry Cooper, the cop busters guy? No, I'm not he sure. Was like, he was a former Texas police officer who got uh, fed up with the fact that cops were so corrupt and part of his job was like planting evidence on people. And so there was a woman mm-hmm. who got arrested somewhere in Texas where he had previously worked as an officer um, and she had no criminal record. She had never used drugs and they planted cocaine in her car or maybe heroin. I forget. And so he set up a fake uh, drug house, like a fake grow operation in a house and had the cops come out and bust it. And all they found were like two tiny little Christmas trees growing in the middle of the house. Mm-hmm. And then he used that as um, a platform to, to get some attention and end up getting exonerating evidence that proved that the cops planted drugs on this woman. And I think he ended up getting a few other people out of jail. And um, yeah. he also, he also created a, um, a uh, series of videos. I forget what the fuck it was called, but it was literally about how to not get caught by the police. Oh yeah. It's called never get busted. Nice. Hmm. <laughs> As opposed to never yes. bust, which is a different type of video altogether. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's from no fan. <laughs> Very different audience. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> no, no, not November. Yeah. yeah. Never bust. Yeah. And then this guy, he, he ended up, uh, he made a run for Texas attorney general in the 2010 race. He ran on a pro pot, pro gun, pro family platform under the libertarian party. And then he was Mm -hmm. repeatedly arrested and harassed so thoroughly by the local police and Texas Rangers that he ended up taking his family to Brazil for Hmm. asylum. Wow. Yeah. Did they give him asylum in Brazil? They granted, I mean, I think it was during Lula's tenure as okay, president. Okay. It was shortly before mm-hmm. Bolsonaro okay. came. That makes power. sense. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Imagine things are so bad in a state in the United States that you go to Brazil. Yeah. Like, <laughs> God damn. That is a funny option. Like, I think, yeah, if you go to China or like, you know, there's, there's other countries, Cuba, where you could go and it's like, mm-hmm. wherever you live in the U.S., probably it's better here. But going to Brazil is like, wow, that's uh, the bar is pretty low if that's if that's better. I mean, I, I kind of think that this guy just already had Brazil in mind a little bit. Like when you mm-hmm. look at his personal style, mm-hmm. it, he's very flashy. Like it, you could write it off as like, yeah, he's from Texas. But like, I think he, he kind of has a, um, a, a little bit of a, a faux kind of Tropicalia kind of influence going on. He I, I, I think he had his heart Brazil, set on Rio. Which yeah. is like <laughs> good yeah. for him, you know? Yeah, sick. Find a way to tie it in with his, uh, his career and politics and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's so few g- good cops, but I, I feel like you got to give it up for a guy who doesn't just quit the force. He then spends 10 years actively fighting the force until it's <laughs> too much for him to handle and he fucks off to another country. I'm going to chalk that one up as a W. That's a win. Yeah, uh, it's very respectable because it's like you got you to gotta feel bad for someone who like... Because there's, there's cops who are on the force and they're like... Well, I don't agree with everything, but I think you can make change from the inside, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, all right, but you, you clearly still like the paycheck and you like being a cop and like, you don't really think that. But when somebody puts their money where their mouth is and is actually like fighting the cops in a way that will lead them to try to kill you or harass you or arrest you because you were naive and were like, being a cop is good. And then you became one and you were like, wait, this isn't good at all. Let's destroy this. It you is kind of funny though, you though, in this country them. where like, if you try to affect change, like, like they can, a, a tactic that the police can use is just to harass you into oblivion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're just, legally yeah. allowed to do that. <laughs> they it's can just annoy up. you until you want to kill yourself. It's kind of funny yourself. though, because like Chris, it seems like he just graduated from one naivete to the next. He was like, maybe it's good mm-hmm. to be a cop. And then when he realized it wasn't, he was like, maybe if I get enough people's attention and spread enough information around, I can get like the country on my side. And I just think that is like, you know, kudos for trying like no shame, but like, I just don't think it was ever really destined to work. I I think like people just, if you could experience enough cognitive dissonance in America to make the average liberal conservative suddenly hate the cops, then the TV show cops would not be a popular TV show. You know what I mean? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Cops should have done a lot more than it did to make people hate cops. 
I mean, really, it was. It's also so insane that that had a reggae theme song. <laughs> yeah, well, I just figured out that if you if you use your nicotine vape through a straw, you can bust really fat clouds. Watch this. Oh, sick! Because they build <laughs> oh, up inside. God. Yeah, show it off. It's like a condenser. Sorry, you can't see this, listeners. You have to imagine. Okay, he's sucking on the straw, and oh yeah, that was a huge oh my cloud. god! I'm gonna yeah, have to get cloud. a straw. <laughs> yeah, you have to yeah. just hold it onto straw. the hole in the vape. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Todd, you should make this into a uh, a TikTok or something. I feel like it could go very viral. <laughs> I, I saw I saw on Facebook one of my buddies ordered a, a vape attachment for his bong, so he could hook the okay. vape up to the water chamber in the bong. And I was like, "Isn't when you're vaping, isn't that water vapor? So like, what what's the interaction happening? Because I with smoke, it's like I know the water can clear out like particulates, and that way you're not getting like a mouthful of hot ash or whatever." What's to mm-hmm. be gained with the vape? Clout. It's cool. Yeah, I guess. Clout. I'm blowing even fat cooler. clouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, most most bong attachments are that way. Like you don't need like five percolators. I'm sorry. You don't need a honeycomb perk. Okay. Just fucking it it comes from the earth. Back okay. In- God put it in the earth. Just smoke <laughs> it. Back in my day, a percolator made coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, whatever happened to weed flavored weed? Whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Although you you ever see the back in my day things that go around, and there's there's always one entry in those like boomer memes that cracks me up where it says curry was a surname, <laughs> and it's like what? <laughs> what you're mad mean? at Indian food? <laughs> back back in my day, uh, that you you could still buy um quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's back, where is this country? We used to have a country. Back in my day, sushi was what you called Susie when you'd had 12 and a half shots of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, like, like, it, it's like you're saying, like, I'm racist, but also I hate delicious food. Like, <laughs> yeah. What is wrong hasn't, with hasn't curry? Hasn't that been a food for quite a while? Like, that is out of all any kind of ethnic food I could think of, that's like one of the most. I don't know, like the 50s? The British conquered half the world for spices, okay? Mm -hmm. Why are you you still hung up on this? The British conquered half the world for spices, and then their national dish is like jellied fucking eels. (laughs) 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 Uh, Oh, I guess this is like, I was just curious, John, so I was Googling curry was a surname in quotes, and it's uh, an eating in the 50s boomer meme, so I guess it's back in the 50s (laughs) in America. Oh, I gotta see this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here we got. So pasta had not been invented. It was macaroni or spaghetti. Curry was a surname. <laughs> a takeaway was a mathematical problem. What? Pizza wait, sounds wait, wait, like wait, a wait, leaning wait. tower somewhere. <laughs> That's so funny because in the 50s, did we call it takeaway? Because the British still call it that. And now we call it takeout, which makes me think that yeah. this is originally a British meme, which, mm-hmm. as you said, mm-hmm. Todd, makes the curry thing even more confusing. Oh, no, no, because no, they mentioned kebab. <laughs> and if I'm looking at the same one that Chris is looking at, bananas and oranges uh-huh. only appeared at Christmas time. Bananas and oranges. Oh, yeah. Being a Christmas thing, that's a European thing. When I was a this kid... It does seem like it's British, yeah. I had never even seen a pear. <laughs> the obscure Asiatic fruit. <laughs> All chips were plain. Oil was yeah. for lubricating. Fat was for cooking. Okay, that's kind of based. Tea was made in a yeah. teapot using tea leaves and never green. <laughs> oh, no, it's more It's more uh, Asia-phobia. Yeah. It's yeah. just Brit. I think uh, this is just British people. <laughs> if, if, if if this was written by an American, it was written by a fucking buckle shoed colonist on his first day so on the not, continent. Not only <laughs> is this meme uh, a boomer meme, but it is a British boomer meme. That oh. is two strikes. Yeah. <laughs> that is insane. And they're and they're bragging about what like. Could you imagine a worse time for food to travel to to like go to Britain and be white in the fifties and have to eat? You'd be eating the most horrendous tripe you could ever imagine. You'd literally be yeah, eating tripe. It wouldn't even be a probably, metaphor. I love dinner today's tripe and a toast sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you like <laughs> bread. The Irish in the 50s were probably just eating a lot of corned beef, which is... Yeah. Eating a lot of shoe leather. All I can get <laughs> these days. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the fucking lads over there eating curry from India? Yeah. Oh, you'll catch me dead before you catch me eating that tripe. <laughs> I smelled a bay leaf once. Knocked me in the Thames. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh my God. I only eat what the king eats. 
hard tack <laughs> and biscuits <laughs> um did i have another fucking news story i don't even know i got oh, caught yeah, yeah, up yeah. speaking of uh, speaking of green tea that's right um yeah let's we're going to japan for this one everybody remember that mm-hmm. time that guy that really cool guy shot shinzo abe with a gun he made in like his garage <laughs> that was such a cool gun I love that gun. Amazing. Let's give it up for the, the gun. gun. So cool. That gun ruled. When are we going to get the guns gun too? You know, <laughs> with with Lightning McQueen and Tater reprising their, their guns. Role. Yeah, but they're guns. Anthropomorphized <laughs> <laughs> guns. <laughs> but um, the funny thing about Shinzo Abe is that the Nara city government wanted to build a monument at the spot where he was assassinated. But some of the residents in Nara, understandably, because, you know, in the wake of his shooting, it was revealed that he had deep ties to what is basically a South Korean cult. Mm-hmm. Um, many, many members of the community uh, resisted the, the like honorary flower bed. And so instead, they just put an unmarked flower bed where he was shot. <laughs> so now it's just like, here, here lies the memory of Shinzo Abe. And it's just like, just a bunch of unmarked fucking like daffodils and like a fern. <laughs> I, I actually like yeah, this a like- lot. Um, and I'll tell you why. Like, so political or like mass shootings in the United States, like political, you know, violence very seldom does anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's just fodder for our 24 seven cable news cycle. Right. But Shinzo Abe getting murked with like a DIY shotgun and fucking dying basically exposed that whole like, uh, you know, South Korean cult thing. And so this guy who killed him, his, he was mad because I guess his, his mom, uh, the, the mom of the killer, um, had, had given his life or her life savings or something to this cult. Oh, yeah. And, and the, the killing of Shinzo Abe helped to like expose that. So it's like, they really just do everything better over there, right? Like, when's the mm-hmm. last time a a huge cult was exposed by like a political assassination assassination in the United States? Like, we used to be a country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like an incredibly successful assassination. It like basically achieved the exact goal he wanted. I mean, I'm sure he would have loved for like the entire cult to be brought down, but it's like he got the ball rolling on it, and yeah, now it's like Shinzo Abe is just fading into the background as a little. I was gonna say that like. I've seen more impressive like flower roadside monuments for people who got hit like on a bike who got hit by a car and they make yeah. a monument for them. This isn't a particularly is, impressive flower bed, I gotta say. Not at all. Yeah, it's very normal. It's like, it's nothing terrible, piss. but it's like yeah, it's it's just like, okay, we gave you a little thing that we were gonna make anyway. I also do love that like Shinzo Abe led Japan for like years and years and years. And like, you know, he was a piece of shit, but he was also like a statesman who I'm sure did a lot of important things day to day. And now he's just going to re- be remembered as the dude who got fucking murked because he was <laughs> only his only real legacy is just begging um, Japanese. Uh, what are they called? Hikikomori's to to go out and mm-hmm. get laid. He's Please like, we're fuck. running out of babies. <laughs> Please fuck. I mean, that's like the, that's a big thing in the West now too, is like a lot of our leaders are talking about like, we need to increase the birth rates. It's a good thing that we have Utah, you know, stuff like that. And then you see a lot of like time magazine uh, and like and New York times and stuff uh, posting articles about like, is the, is the birth rate in China going to be as big of a problem for them as it is for us? What are the tactical advantages offered to the U S by the declining birth rate in China? Blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, I don't know, man, maybe once a country is developed to a certain standard of living, people don't see having children as an inevitability anymore. And the fact that China is developing faster than any country on the planet has ever done period full stop might just be kind of fucking with your back of the envelope calculations you're doing in your apartment <laughs> in Manhattan. <laughs> I mean, maybe in China, the, the birth rate is slowing down for different reasons. I think the birth rate is slowing down in the United States. Uh, part of it is because like it, it's, really really expensive to have kids and it is uh people do kind of view it as a financial uh burden more than like a good thing um i i am uh i'm i'm very anti-malthusian i believe that we should uh be like having babies because like if the human race goes extinct, then the human race goes fucking extinct. That's bad. It just can't, that's just not, it's not statistically possible. Like 
there, there's thresholds for this stuff. If there's enough of us, we'll start, we'll make less. And if there's not very many of us for some reason, who knows? But, uh, but I think we'll that, start um, making more. <laughs> I think that people often confuse like climate altruism with, um, you know, like they, they accidentally do Malthusianism by yeah. thinking like, oh, well, the climate is so terrible and this world is so terrible. I should just not have kids. And it's like, well, you're mm-hmm. basically doing eugenics because like, billionaires like elon musk is having like 19 kids well and even beyond Mm. that like maybe having kids like we should live in a fucking world where having kids isn't a tactical decision like maybe (laughs) we should live in a world where like if you have a kid it's because you feel ready for one and you want one and that's beautiful and love like i'm probably not ever gonna have any kids and that's because i don't want to raise a kid i think (laughs) i think you'd be a great dad I'm 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 a hundred percent sure I would be a great dad, and I'm willing to waste it. <laughs> ah, see, that's a bummer. <laughs> You're gonna waste your gift. Yeah, that's, look, that's a total. But you've got all the best dad jokes. I have all the look. I'm gonna be so fucking popular at whatever old folks' home I end up at. I'm gonna be the fucking king of bingo night or hollow bingo, whatever we're doing in 2095. Hollow bingo. Yeah, <laughs> Blade Runner bingo. Four dimensional bingo. Did you have uh, B to the N minus one on your bingo cube? <laughs> your bingo, uh, tesseract? I don't know. That's not on my Tesseract. Roll another one. <laughs> well, I'm sure at that point we will still be doing this podcast. So. Oh, there's no question. If this one dies, I'll yeah, just start another one. <laughs> we, we will, uh, listeners, we'll see you in 50 years. We will see you in yeah. 50 years when we will be broadcasting from the Sunnyvale Retirement Home, <laughs> which is literally just uh, three trailers next to each other in Hanoi. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been your BP Bledis for the week. Uh, if you want to help us a little bit more, you can go to patreon.com slash BP and support the show. We really do appreciate it when you do that because we like money and it makes us incentivized to keep the show going. If you want to hang out it in the literally Discord. keeps the lights on. It literally keeps yeah. my fucking weed bowl full. Um, you hop in the Discord if you're not in there already. Check out my other show, Work Stoppage. Check out Brent's other show, Generation Loss, and Todd's shop, Doomerdop Shop. And as always, we love you. Stay high. Goodbye. Be fine, y'all. Goodbye. Goodbye.